Well, good morning and welcome to church and welcome to what is our Advent season. A part of me actually can't believe that it's less than a month to Christmas. I don't know about you, but, you know, is it, is it like a, this year's just rushed headlong through the year and we just have not had a chance half the time to catch our breath? But see, the thing about this year, it's been, a, it's been one of these years where it's been, it's been a difficult year for many people. Like, all we have to do is read the headlines, have the news come on, and, and we find out just, like, yesterday in the news, there's another variant of COVID that we're now having to start to have to worry about. Um, causing concerns, border closures, we've got floods that are happening, whole communities are affected by this, there are protests going on. It seems every time we get close to feeling like there's a sense of what normal was previously, that um, something negative comes along and tries to squash it and remove it from it. Now, I don't want to be negative today. I don't want to be focusing on those things, but I want to actually focus on the opposite. I want us to acknowledge the reality that we have in our world, not to actually assume that Things are okay, rosy, it's all roses and better roses and there's nothing wrong. I want us to acknowledge it's been a tough year. And if there's ever a year that we ever needed Christmas, this is the year. If there's ever a year that we need hope of Christmas, this is the year. If there's ever a year that we need Christ in our lives, now is the moment. I think it's a really good thing that we've made it here to, to what is a season of Advent. It's almost Christmas. Now, see, this season of Advent, it's interesting. Advent, you know, Advent is a word that we often use um, around Christmas time, isn't it? Some of you may know what the word Advent actually means um, and others may not. Advent actually has that whole meaning of coming, of arrival. It's a season of a, the time when we have expectation, when we're waiting, we're anticipating, when we're longing. Not for the chocolate in the little window that you open up in the Advent calendars. See, most people, when they think about Advent, they think about those calendars. They think about, that, that, you know, the, the Cadbury chocolate calendars and stuff. Yeah? How many people like those? The kids do. There's a few, oh, I can see a couple of hands anyway. That's, that's good. Um, it's not about those chocolates. It's not about the images that are put on there by the commercial companies that are selling you this. I, I, there is something about an advent calendar I really do like. It's about that um, physical representation of that expectant understanding, expectant hope of the birth of Christ. It's the counting down to the birth of Jesus. It's the realisation and the, the building up of Christ amongst us. I've yet to find at the moment, you know, in the, the last lot of Advent calendars that have come through our house in a little while, I've yet to find that last chocolate that actually has a cradle in it or a baby 
It's all Santa pops out on that day. And Advent is not about the birth, you know, coming to the point of celebration of Santa or anything like that. It is about our expected waiting of Christ's birth. But Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. Advent offers us a, you know, an opportunity to share in, in, in an ancient longing for the Messiah. It is to celebrate his birth and it is to be alert for, Je- for Jesus' second coming. Advent looks back in the celebration of the hope that has been filled by Jesus. Advent, at the same time, also is looking forward with, with, with a hopeful and eager anticipation of, of God's kingdom, rule and reign, being made complete with the return of Christ upon this world. See, far too often for us, and I know this is really real for us, far too often now for us, our Christmases have become frenzied and overwhelmed, being busy all the time. We pack our schedules um, with lots of seasonal happenings. You know, and I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm looking at my diary at the moment and things are filling up really quickly. There's bits and pieces that are happening all through the week and all through the weekend and we're going, hey, when can we fit in to see one another? When can we fit in just to stop and rest for a moment? When can we fit in to stop and understand the love of God in our lives? Our stores have been pushing Christmas already. They've been pushing the decorations of Christmas. Um, there's this gift-buying frenzy. You know, we've been sitting in this, this space where we are in between Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday sales, and everybody is a frenzy to buy stuff. You need to have a season that is not overpacked with stress or strain. See, Advent is really about giving us an opportunity to set aside all of that that's there. And it's a time to prepare our hearts as a place for Christ's love to dwell in us. It's a time for us to reflect on the great story that is beyond ourselves, and that is of Jesus. It's not a season to pretend to be happy or to cover up the pain of the hardships that we've experienced during the past years and for some of us continue to experience. And it's a season of digging deep into the reality of our lives, into what it means that God sent his own son into the world, that God sent his own son into the world to be with us. It's that expectation and preparation. It's this opportunity to align ourselves with God's presence more than just the hectic season of presence that we need to buy and give and receive. So for the next four weeks, we are going to be exploring the attitudes of of Christ encapsulated in his birth and in the Christmas season. We're going to be looking at hope. We're going to be looking at peace and joy and love. And on Christmas Eve, we will be celebrating the arrival of Jesus, the Christ, the one who was promised the one who saves, the one who changes the world. 
Today, we begin with rediscovering the hope of Christmas, even when we are surrounded by uncertainty. We're going to rediscover the hope of Christmas in the midst of that. See, if you actually look at it, having hope in the midst of uncertainty actually is an underlying theme of the story of Christmas or of Jesus' birth, of living life in that time when Jesus came into being. Now, Israel, at the time of Jesus was born, was an occupied country. It was occupied by the Romans, the Roman Empire, and day-to-day life was not easy. Day-to-day life was hard and harsh and difficult. There was oppression. There was difficult just getting everyday things, difficulty getting food and water, difficulty getting clothing. It was not easy. We, we take life for granted so much where we are and in what we have. If we go back over the generations of of Israelite people, we actually find that they have been an invaded and conquered nation for many, many centuries and years. Years and centuries it probably should be. Firstly, with the Assyrians and Babylonians and the Greeks and then the Romans. Of upheaval, generations of upheaval and a harsh life. No wonder all of these people we're expected and waiting for a Messiah, God's fulfilment of the, his covenant to those people of Israel, the Messiah of Jesus, who would come and make everything right. It wasn't just a happy idea that drifted in and out. It was at the heart of the people. They waited with expectation for somebody to save them. Now, I, I, I don't want to, in this, this very first part of our, our series, looking at rediscovering Christmas and looking at hope, I don't want us to take us to the night of the birth of Jesus. I don't, nor do I want to take us to the, to the time leading up to the birth or into the prophecies of Jesus about this. What I want to share with you It's all about waiting. It's all about hope. And it's encompassed in two individuals that were waiting and hoping for the Messiah to come. They were waiting in exceedingly uncertain times. So we're going to have a look at Simeon and Anna because they can help us understand a little bit about what it means to rediscover for ourselves hope at this time of Christmas, hope that is found in Jesus Christ. So I want to share with you from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 22 through to 38, and it says this. Then it was a time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents, so this is, this is actually talking about Jesus here. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the law. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon 
He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Can you hear that? What was Simeon waiting for? What was the expectation? What was the hope that he was wanting? He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. He is embodying the expectation of all of the country, of all of the people. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And he revealed to him that he would not die until he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result... The deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul. That's a tough prophecy to be giving to Mary about her baby boy that she's just brought to the temple. Anna, a prophet who was there in the temple, she was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. Her husband died and when they when they'd been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. She began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. See, Simeon and Anna... They are embodying the spark of hope of Israel, the spark of hope to find the Messiah, the spark of hope to to have freedom, an expectation of God going to be there with them and lift them up, just as God had promised. They've been waiting and waiting and they've been believing and believing and they had hoped and that hope was fulfilled. They weren't just hoping of some random stranger. They are hoping that God would fulfil the promise that God had made to the people and to them. And they were ready. So the thing about them is that they were ready. They were tuned in to hear God speak to them. They were tuned in to see what is coming in front of them. They were tuned in and they were waiting. They were watching. They were expecting. And they were filled with hope. 
See, here's the thing. The day after day, year after year, Simeon and Anna had served God faithfully. Inspired and fueled by the hope that God was at work. And even though that they couldn't see God at work, they were still hoping. Even though that they were surrounded by hardship, they were still hoping for God to fulfill. Even time has passed and they grew older and older. Simeon and Anna still held on to hope. That hope that they refreshed, renewed and restored and focused upon God's promise. They kept the hope alive by worshipping God, by serving God, by serving others and taking faithful steps in waiting expectantly. See, Simeon and Anna reveal for us several things about hope and the power that hope has in our lives and the power that hope has in our society that we just need to apply for ourselves. The first is hope is this. See, hope sees beyond our current situation. Hope sees beyond our current situation. Let me put this into, you know, into, into practice for us, into perspective for us. Hope is the fuel of our faith. It's the fuel of dreams that people have. It's the fuel of possibilities. Hope is that whisper that just maybe, just maybe that, that things aren't just going to be as bad as we currently are. Hope sees that there's going to be a better future. See, even in our deepest pain and even in the hardship in our lives, even in what may seem like hopeless circumstances, hope chases away that darkness and gets us up and motivated and moving because God is alive, God is active, and God is with us. I want to share with you a passage from Romans 8, verses 24 to 26. We'll put it up on the screen for you. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit will help us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, I want us just to sit with that passage for a moment. I want us to sit with that passage for a moment and just sit in there and let those words flow over us for a little bit. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. What amazing, powerful words that's, that they're saying. If we've already got it, it's already present here with us, then we're not yearning and looking for, for, to, for it to be in, in reality for us. It's already there. But if we're looking forward to something, that we don't yet have, that is when we are hoping for something. That's where we're looking for something because it's not there yet. We wait patiently and we wait with confidence that God will provide. See, I love this passage from Romans because here Paul is writing imprisonment 
as he's imprisoned, about the hope he has in Christ, about the expectation he has that Christ will save and deliver him and deliver each and every one of us, that we'll have life everlasting with with our Lord and our Saviour. Hope comes out of looking forward, not out of looking backwards. Hope comes looking to the future and knowing that God will help us even in our weakness. See, hope by its very nature exists in the uncertainty before the reality of something coming to fruition. Secondly, God, see, secondly, what Simeon and Anna shows us is that God is with us here, now, and always. We often have uncertainties in our lives. Yeah? Anybody ever felt uncertain about things? Sure, good. Here's something you can bank on. God is never uncertain. God actually knows you, knows your pains, your struggles, knows your fears, knows your hopes. God knows you intimately and individually. And there's a beautiful name in the Bible for Jesus. And we actually sang it before, which is Emmanuel. It's one of the names ascribed to Jesus. And you might go, why, why is Jesus being called Emmanuel? Well, let, let, me, let me tell you, because Emmanuel actually means God with us. God is embodied in Jesus. He is with us. And that is what Anna and Simeon were waiting for, the presence of God physically there, with us, made real in Jesus Christ. God is with us, Emmanuel, present, ever-present, here. You might think that's lovely, fantastic for Simeon and Anna. They got to meet the baby Jesus. Excellent. but I don't get to meet the baby Jesus. But Jesus said that he would give us a helper. The God is here and now and always in the Holy Spirit, helping us, encouraging us, strengthening us, pushing us forward. We can always find hope in the reality that God is with us. Now, in the hard times, in the good times, and in everything in between. Christ has come and gives us hope for our lives. And thirdly, hope inspires us to actually carry on. This hope from God's Holy Spirit upon us is not about shaming us. It's not about letting us down. It's not about disappointing us. Instead, it's about giving us something new. It's about growing us in strength to see beyond what is right in front of us. God gives us a vision of the future for our lives. And that vision is not necessarily rooted just in the here and now. It's rooted in the promises that Christ has embodied. 
that we celebrate at Christmas, that we wait for expectantly. So what is your next step for hope today? What is your next step for hope in this season of Advent? See, can we find hope in the arrival and the life of Jesus? Can we draw hope from God's faithfulness in fulfilling his long-awaited promise of the Messiah that he gave to Simeon and Anna? Can we find hope in the fact that we are seeking and searching for beyond our everyday means that we have at the moment, just as Paul was in imprisonment? Can we find hope for ourselves as generations and generations before us and will be beyond us, will find hope in Christ? Can we find hope, rediscover that hope of Christmas yet again, of God's continued work within us and in the world around us? I want to finish with you from a verse from Romans 15, verse 13, and it says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is my prayer for us today, that we will overflow with the confident power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That is an amazing, powerful hope for us. So let's just pray right now. Oh God of hope, we ask you this year right now in our lives, we ask that you fill us with joy, that you fill us with peace, that we may trust you completely with all of our heart. Lord, may, may this confident hope that comes in knowing you as our Lord and Saviour, as Christ, the one who came and saved us from our sins, may that overflow within us, overflow within us and share that hope and that joy and that peace with the world around us. May we stand up for injustice and challenge that. May we stand up for peace. May we stand up for joy. May we stand up for love. May we stand up and proclaim Christ as our Lord and Saviour. We ask this in your name. Amen.